This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by the Fantrax Podcast Network. This is Pat Donovan and I am joined by Joe Saunders. What's up everybody? And I've got some bad news guys. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. We do not have an amazing guest this week. Instead, returning to the podcast after his exile for his terrible hosting job two weeks ago, we have Nick Ligatino. Just like New York's number one, Mike Francesa, I am back. Yeah, that was except, awful. Except nobody's excited about this. <laughs> Shut up. All right, we've got a great show lined up for you guys tonight. We're going to kick it off with the news from around the league. The big story that broke today, Roberto Ozuna was arrested for um, what appears to be a uh, assault on a woman. Um and has been placed on an administrative leave by Major League Baseball. Uh, we do not know if he's going to be suspended, but he's looking at a potential suspension. We do not know how long the administrative leave is going to last. Um, there's no time frame on when he's going to return. So, guys, as a Mizuna owner, you probably have to hold tight at this point, right? Oh. I mean, I think you could find some buyers. Like, I mean, I would, as if you're not a Osuna offer, I would just field some, uh, throw some trades, some back end pitching, um, some relievers, some setup guys, maybe like Orion Madsen, uh, Kyle Barraclaw, guys who aren't really getting the saves, Nate Jones, um, and see what you could get if you could get him on the cheap, and then hope that he comes back and that this blows over. Like, take the risk on a guy who could possibly be the best closer in baseball. Um, but you're not going to get much room at this point because it's so up in the air. We don't know anything yet. Okay, yeah. If I'm an Ozuna owner too, I wouldn't take any of those deals. I have to hear some news first. I'd rather cut him and not get anything if he's going to be out for a prolonged period of time than trade him for nothing and then he comes back in three days. Yeah, that's kind of where I stand. Um, I think that we need more clarity on the situation before the Ozuna owner does anything. Um, I I don't think that you can panic. I think you have to wait this out um, and see where it ends up. Um, You know, because as Joe said, this could be a situation where major league baseball is just saving face and saying, all right, listen, you're going to get arrested for, you know, assaulting someone. Um, You're not going to (laughs) play for a few days. You know, we've got a, we've got to save face as a league. And then we'll go through our normal suspension process. And the suspension process normally takes some time. I mean, they spent pretty much all offseason reviewing the Miguel Sano situation. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 
if he does face a potential suspension, we could be looking, you know, August, September before it actually goes into effect. And this could just be, again, the league just saying, you know, we're not going to have this guy play the day after he uh, is involved in a situation like this because it's a black guy in the league. So, okay, who is your favorite for saves while Ozuna is out? Uh, so my favorite, uh, I'll just give you the order. It's uh, O, Tabera, and then Clippard for me. Yeah, see, I've got it as O and then Clippard. I'm not all that interested in Tapera. Um, if I had 100 chips to place on this, I would put 75 on O and 25 on Clippard. Um, Joe, why, why do you like Tapera? Is it, is it, you know... It starts of the year, um, or is it something else? Yeah, I think it's just a start, and uh, Clipper just doesn't really interest me that much. Um, I'm with you, though. I think, like, 75% of 100 would go towards O. I think he's got he's got the experience. Um, he's been pretty sharp. Uh, so, yeah, it's O for me, too. Nick, yeah, what do you Clip- think? Clipper, Clipper looks, looks good in small doses, but sometimes he just – completely loses it and he'll lose it for a prolonged period of time. That's what happened uh, when he went to the Yankees. It's what happened, been, been happening throughout his entire career. So I don't think he can really be trusted, but after this happened, I looked at Toronto's bullpen. I was like, wow, they have a pretty good pen. I didn't notice uh, until I looked at it, but they're pretty deep and it, it could be a closer by committee situation. That's what I kind of think they're going to do to start out. Um, because they do have guys with experience in O and Axford. You guys don't think Axford has a shot? No. No, I think that both Owen Clippard have some closing experience, and that's the really the only thing that Axford has in this column. He's not particularly good. So, I mean, I'll take the two guys that are better than him. Yeah, I think Owen wind up with the job, though. That's my, my pick. Okay, we're going to run through some pitching injuries. Um, Clayton Kershaw to the deal, biceps tendonitis. Um, not the worst news, but uh, there's no timetable at the present moment. Jacob, Jacob DeGrom to the DL with an elbow injury. He was out four months. Then he was starting on Monday, and then he ended up on the DL. Now apparently they're, they're speculating he will start this weekend. <laughs> classic. Uh, what a disaster. Classic Mets, yeah. Uh, Johnny Cueto to the DL out six weeks with an elbow sprain. Yunjin Ryu to the DL with a groin tear. He's out until the All-Star break. And Jordan Montgomery hit the DL with an elbow injury and is going to be out six to eight weeks. So let's talk about the two big guns, Kershaw and DeGrom. Um, Are you throwing a feeler out there to see if their owner is thinking about moving them? And why or why not? I mean, of course, you're trying to get both of these guys. They're two of the top, you know, top ten pitchers in all of baseball. Me myself, I mean, as soon as I see any guy of this caliber get hurt, I'm immediately pouncing and throwing out feelers and seeing how, you know, the, if if it's on a team that's struggling, then you have a better shot of getting a a good prices right type of deal. Um, if they're on a better team, it's going to be a little bit tougher. But uh, Nick, can you clarify out? something? Yeah, are you talking about both of them or Kershaw? Both of them. Okay. Yeah. Both of them. Um, as far as Kershaw, the problem is it's still a first-round pick. It's still Clayton Kershaw, and the owner may be saying to himself, you know what, I'm going to sit tight. I'm not moving him. As long as I have him for the playoffs, I'll be good. Um, 
obviously that doesn't really matter in roto leagues, but as far as feelers for Kershaw right now, I was thinking a guy that would that I would possibly that I would probably offer straight up for him. And I don't know if you guys think this is too little, but what do you think of offering Quintana for Kershaw right now? Is that too much like too little? It's too little in my opinion. Quintana, Quintana hasn't been good enough. Do you um, want some deals? Yeah, break out some deals. Sure. All right. So we got Darvish and Neris for Kershaw. Oh, um, no. that's pretty. That, see, that's that's decent. It's not bad. If you needed the saves, it's not bad. All right. Uh, Posey and Goldie for Kershaw oh. and Real Muto. Uh, that's pretty good. I I would I would do that if I was the first. Provided I have the uh, provided I can, you know, survive pitching wise. I like that deal. Okay. Yeah. What about Votto for Kershaw straight? I like that. It's so good. If same deal though, that Pat said. Who you t- you're taking Kershaw? No, I'm taking Votto. Okay. Uh, what about Cespedes for Kershaw? No. No. Okay. And now we'll get a little fun with this one. So, Kershaw and Pollock for Andrew Miller, Lucchese, and Acuna. No, that's oh, terrible. No. <laughs> yeah, Kershaw Pollock. Yeah, it's Kershaw yes. Pollock. Yeah. Okay. So I'm actually uh, Nick. I'm a little bit more worried than you are. Um. Just because Kershaw wasn't wasn't like Kershaw esque before the tendonitis, and now he's got tendonitis, um, I'm much more interested in Degrom than Kershaw. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in both. I I, I mean to to an extent, and I and I do agree with you, Joe. My concern about Kershaw is probably a little higher than it is about Degrom, um, just because this is like three years in a row now where we've seen him sort of struggle to stay healthy. Um, And, you know, it hasn't affected him to a large extent. I mean, he's still been extremely productive. He's still pitched, um, you know, a a good amount of innings, but I think it's starting to, it's starting to get concerning that he keeps missing time. He keeps having, nagging little injuries. This is a arm injury. He's normally been dealing with the back. Um, the arm is a little more concerning. Um, with DeGrom, you know, the injury was scary. But, um, you know, he he was given some additional time, which was what they should have done in the first place um, when the MRI came back clean. Um, they shouldn't have said he'll pitch Monday and then put him on the DL. They should have just put him on the DL. But, um, you know, he, he sounds like he's all systems go. Um, you know, I don't think that DeGrom has had any of the issues that Kershaw has had so far this year. And Kershaw's been Kershaw's been good. But yeah, Kershaw, he has. But Kershaw has also been struggling a little bit with his fastball. And that might have something to do with some wear and tear, and that could be related to the arm. Mm-hmm. Um, Degrom doesn't have any of those warning signs. Degrom's also been better. Yeah, yeah, overall. So, yeah. I, I, I probably, you know, if I was re-ranking today, I would have Kershaw still in front of Degrom. But if I'm trying to buy right now, I, if I, if you know, if I'm 
accounting for risk, I might want DeGrom more than I want Kershaw, if that makes sense. Joe, do you have DeGrom deals in front of you? Yeah, I do. Um, so we got DeGrom for – or so Edwin for DeGrom. That's good. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade DeGrom for Edwin, but that's a good trade. Yeah, that's, that's fair value. I would rather have DeGrom. Okay. DeGrom and Bregman for Kluber and uh, Walker Bueller. Ooh, I like that. Uh, That's interesting. I uh, in a vacuum, I want the Kluber and Bueller set. Me too. That's really close. That comes down to team need for me, I think. Um, yeah. and then and I got I only got one more. Um, Arietta and Manaya figure on. No. no. What? Oh yeah, I mean definitely Degrom. Oh definitely. yeah, I want Degrom on that one. Definitely. Terrible. All right, so, and then on the other uh, injuries, we have some repercussions. Uh, Walker Bueller, who John, uh, who uh, Joe just mentioned, looks like he's going to be locked into the rotation. Domingo Herman had a good start. What do you make of these two? Let's kick it off with Bueller. Uh, Bueller is just a filth ball. And I think that, I mean, we were all on board with him. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I was very much on. Walker Bueller before the season started. How could you not be? The kid throws 100 miles per hour along with some really good breaking stuff. Um, if he's able to not walk as many people as he did in the minors, uh, cut that number down just a little bit, he could be really, really good. Really, really good. Yeah, so first thing, I want to give you credit, Nick, um, because myself and Pat, we are dumb, and we put too much faith in the Dodger pitching staff to stay healthy. Um, and I think we both underestimated his innings a little bit, whereas you were a bit higher on him, so good call. Um, and, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about uh, control for me. Um, on days when he has his control, he's going to look awesome. And then on other days when he doesn't, he's going to struggle. It's it's going to be ups and downs with Bueller, but he's definitely the real deal, and he's got the stuff. Yeah, and although – Joe, you're right that we may have underestimated how early he would be up. I do think that we need a highlight again because I just do not hear this any place. That this is a pitcher that threw approximately 98 innings last year. So you're looking at a finite amount of innings from him going forward. Like I do not think the Dodgers are going to ride him through the end of the year. I think you're looking at maybe another 100 innings, and they might be 100 really good innings. And that might be the amount that you can expect from most pitchers, you know, i.e. your Lance McCullers. Um, but at the same time, I think you need to keep that in mind, that this is an asset that's depreciating. So he's coming off that excellent start against San Diego. Um, he was at the front end of that, um, combined no hitter. If he goes out and he has another good start, I think in redraft, you throw him out there and see what you can get for him because I'm not sold that he's going to be pitching, um, you know, at least pitching and starting um, by the time the calendar turns to mid August or so. And specifically for those of you that are in head to head leagues, you know, he might get you to. The, he might be part of what gets you to the playoffs, but he's not going to help you win the thing. Yeah, that's fair. 
Okay, and what about Herman? What do you guys think of him? Yeah, Herman, I'm like super excited about as a Yankee fan. Um, I've kind of been waiting for this kid to come up. The, what the Yankees have done with young talent over the last three years is unbelievable. The run we're having right now with these kids is, is insane. Um, everybody that comes up is just excelling immediately. Uh, more so on the offense, I get it, uh, but the pitching as well. Um, and this kid is 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 got some really filthy stuff. Anyone who's watching the last couple of starts, uh, he's super composed. He's got good command. Uh, I think maybe people looked at last year's short stint when he came up. He was walking a lot of guys, but it was only like 15 or 16 innings, something. It was really, really small. But prior to that, in the, in, in the minors, he's had really good command. Um, he's had good K rates. Uh, the ratios are nice. Uh, he, he gives, induces a lot of ground balls, which will obviously pick, uh, play well in Yankee stadium. I, I, I love him. I, I think he's going to wind up uh, taking, uh, step after step, uh, uh during each start, he's going to get better and better. And he's a guy that needs to be owned in all formats. Yeah. The only, the only, uh, knock I have on him is that, uh, walking like four per nine in Yankee stadium could be. Could give him like some really blown up outings. Where is he walking four per nine? He's at three nine eight right now. Oh wow, that's gonna that's gonna come down though. Look at look at look at his numbers in the past. His whole minor league career, he was never around that number. Yeah, he was tight. Yeah, but if he's if he's up there, um, yeah, I'm worried a little bit. Yeah, but here's the thing: is I'm not sure he's the pitcher he was in the minor leagues. Um, I, I think that he might be going the Tanaka. Rich Hill method. Um, he's throwing his fastball just 36% of the time with heavy reliance on his change in curve. Um, and that's produced at this point. It's got a heavy swinging strike rate. Um, more K's. And he's, yeah, there's going to be more K's there if that holds. But the downside is what Joe mentioned. I mean, if he's, he, he, he's a guy that's got a track record of a decent ground ball rate. In, in his prior samples, but in, in this current sample, in this iteration of Herman, we're seeing a, a fly ball pitcher. So if the grounders don't come back and this is some sort of change that's, that he's undergoing, um, I, I don't know that those prior performances, Nick, that you outlined are, are very useful. So if he's going to walk guys and he's going to be a fly ball pitcher in Yankee Stadium and he doesn't have... Um, you know, excellent command and control like a Tanaka does, it could get ugly. Now, I do think he's interesting, and I do think he's worth the flyer, so I don't want to completely poo-poo him. Yeah, I agree. But you just need to be aware that um, this could also be a ticking time bomb. And there's a reason why, or there may be reasons why, you haven't seen him get these opportunities before. Um, you know, there are always cases of these guys that come out of nowhere. And we tend to think about the ones that pop. Uh, but we, we we do not always think of the ones that completely blow up in our face. So it, it's just something to keep in mind. The situation is less than ideal for Herman. Um, and, while he's worth the flyer, I would definitely rather have Bueller. Um, and there are a set of other names I would rather have as well um, that are readily available. So let's move to that. So if you're replacing Cueto, Ryu, Montgomery, guys 
um, that are out for a while. Um, aside from Bueller, who's probably owned, and Herman, who's probably not, who else are you looking to to fill the voids? Uh, well, right now, Pomeranz, a uh, guy that we've always liked on the pod, the pod is only 27% owned. And tonight he had his – well, he had back-to-back -back good starts. But tonight he had a really good start because he was at Yankee Stadium. Um, he threw a quality start. He only walked a couple of guys. And he's a guy that – as he works himself back from injury, slowly, he's going to get better and better. The stuff is there. Um, and I think he's a guy that – I think he should be rostered in all fam formats, honestly. Uh, another guy, I know you're going to say, oh, shocker, he's on your team. But I think everyone kind of needs to take a look at Daniel Mangden right now. Uh, from last year – and last year carried on into this year. And the whip is still really low. Uh, the ERA is a, should definitely come down if he maintains what he's been doing over the last year and a half. Um, the 4.30 ERA should be something like a 3.85 to go with a really strong whip and really, really good ratios uh, K to walk. So he's just a guy to keep your eye on, and he's like 2% owned. Yeah, a name that pops off to me is Caleb Smith. Um, so yeah, he looks good, too. Yeah, some, yeah, someone on Twitter, I don't remember who it was the other day, but someone on Twitter made the, the greatest comp and, like, that is that Caleb Smith is going full Robbie Ray right now. Mm -hmm. Striking everyone out. I think that was out. me. Oh, was it? It probably was. <laughs> Striking everyone out and walking everyone, and it's working. So, yeah, he, he's worth a flyer, too. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about Cahill and uh, Tyson Ross later. Um, those two come to mind. Also, the kids, Nick Kingham, Mike Soroka, um, Romero, who pitched tonight, pitched today, yeah. and pitched well again, all immediately Romero come to too. mind. They're yeah, all floating Romero. around 50% ownership in 12-team mixers. Um, down the list a bit, Eduardo Rodriguez I still like. He's not off to the best start. He's at 36%. Um, Kyle Gibson at 26% deserves better than his current oh, ownership. Oh, yeah, Kyle Gibson's been great. He's been really yeah, good. He looked, yo, he looked so good the other day. I watched the full start. yeah. Locked in. Yeah. I I think it might be for real. I know yeah. I, don't I know, know people have been burned, but he's looking I good. Know. I don't know. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> All right. So and one pitcher that folks might have considered considered an option, Luis Gohara is headed for middle middle relief as opposed to a starting role. Um, so there's something to keep in mind there. Uh, with the hitting injuries from around the league. Yadier Molina is headed to the DL with a groin injury. He's out at least a month uh, after being injured by a foul ball to the groin. Ouch. Carson Kelly will be getting the call. He started today. Uh, Molina was off to a great start. Who do you like as a replacement? Joe? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got I to gotta just mention this right now. Uh, Stephen Piscotti is getting a standing ovation in Oakland. The whole – Everyone is standing right now. Uh, he looks nice. like he's about to cry, man. I'm like, this is kind of tough holding yeah. it together. We love Stephen so, Piscotti here. I'm sorry. So, can you run that question by me again? <laughs> I was just saying. I was just asking who you would replace Yadier Molina with. Oh, it's the Braves Wombo combo, man. Yep. Like they're just the best. So Suzuki and Flowers, if you can swing it. Yeah. Okay. Nick. Uh, yeah, I think Luke Croy is still a guy that's – I mean, he's right now he's batting 298, and he's only uh, – I think he's under 50% on – I don't have it in front of me, but 
I know he's bat he has he's batting good. He's hitting good right now. Hopefully the power comes. Uh, he's on a pretty good lineup. The A's do look pretty damn good this year. Pat was right. That team offense is pretty good. They're humming right now. Um, so you know, Luke Hoy is a guy to look out for. And uh, I, I agree. It Kurt Suzuki is just. I don't know. He does this time to time, though. I feel like in a month he'll be like the worst player in baseball. Uh. <laughs> a couple of other deeper names that I think you might want to keep an eye on. James McCahan at 23% and Robinson Chirinos is good for the power at 16%. Uh, what do you guys make of Carson Kelly? Are you interested at all there? No. No? no? Nah, not really. Are you? Uh, like, eh. Car I don't know, Cardinal Voodoo Magic, man. He's a rookie catcher. I mean, it just—it's it, not too often that it works. You know, they—they they have to come up, they have to learn the pitching staff. A lot of times, they don't focus as much on their hitting because of that. Um, you know, and—and uh, and we're talking about a finite, you know, amount of playing time. We're talking about a guy that's got a month. And then Yadi is back, and you know he's probably back to the minors. So I mean, in in dynasty leagues, I, I like Kelly a lot, but um, I, I just don't see a path here to him getting uh, you know any kind of full time um, role, um, you know, going forward. Yuan Moncada to the DL with a hamstring. Reports are this was a precautionary move; should be back in the minimum. Miguel Cabrera was sent to the DL with a hamstring strain. Um, he worked out today, so it appears it might be short-term for him as well. So let's move to when keeping it real goes wrong. Good so segment name. I'm going to state a player, and um, you know these players are guys that have gotten off to fast starts and we will tell you whether or not we believe it is real and how real it is. So Francisco Cervelli is our first name. After being an afterthought in deep two-catcher leagues, Cervelli's hot start has caught the imagination of standard mixed leaders. How real is he? Uh, listen, first of all, it depends on what you're talking about. Like, is... Can you give me a projection? Like, what is he paced out for right now? I mean, he has five home runs and he's batting 301. So so he's pacing out to 325 yeah. homers about. Yeah, no. All right. So I tell you this. He has hit for pretty good average before. Um, you know, he never really got that much playing time with the Yankees. But when he did, at times he was a 280, 290 hitter. Um, as far as the power goes, no, I don't believe the power is real. I think he'll start coming back to earth a little bit. Uh, the numbers still look the same to me. The walking K totals are pretty much in line with how they've been in the years past. They're a little bit, a little bit better, but not by far. Uh, I don't notice anything big in the swing change. So I think that the average will come down to be like in the 280-ish area, and the homers will definitely come back to earth as well. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, though, he's pulling his fly balls a lot more, isn't he? Yep, and the fly balls are up. Yeah, and his he's like 85th in barrels per plate appearance. Um, so there's definitely there definitely is some sort of a of a swing chain. Um, so uh, my thoughts here are 
right? If I have like a fringe top 12 guy like Gaddis or Lucroy, I'd probably rather have Cervelli over those guys at this point. But if I'm like in the top five or six, you know, it's whatever. I'm not really that interested. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a 25 homer. I don't think the 25 homer pace is going to stick. But I think he could be an upper teens power guy with a good average and on base skills. And I think, as Joe said, I think that he should be on mixed league radars at this point. I mean, he's got a total batted ball shift. His grounder fly ball ratio last year was 1.93. He's currently at 0.68. But it's not reflecting in the BABIP at all, which will come. I mean, the BABIP is going to go down if he's hitting more fly balls. That's just the way it goes. Um, Cervelli has always had a very good feel at the plate. He's not a heavy strikeout guy. And that means even with the BABIP downturn um, from his current 320 plus, I think he can be a, a good bet for average at the catching position. So like, I'm thinking like, you know, from here on out, pace, 18 homers, 270. Um, but the other thing you have to keep in mind is Cervelli's a guy that also has an extensive injury history. Um, he tends to miss time. So, you know, it's just something to be aware of. Um, in case you do want to buy all in, you should be aware that there is a pretty good possibility he's going to miss some time. All right, Matt Adams, signed in the offseason to be Ryan Zimmerman's insurance. Adams has, Adams has been so good, the Nats have decided to live with his poor outfield defense at times. How real is Matt Adams? Matt Adams is very, very, very real. And I am a believer. I own him in our home league. He's a guy that, I mean, we used to love, Pat. Remember, we? I mean, we really were on him uh, – Back in the day when he first came up with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. as a guy who who had really good power, who could hit for average, who could get on base, and he wound up being a platoon guy and had some down years with the Cardinals. But I mean, last year he was pretty good, twenty seventeen. Uh, he had a three nineteen OBP and eh, not that great, but he batted two seventy four and had twenty home runs in just hundred and just three hundred sixty seven plate appearances. Um, and this year he's been awesome. I wish I had his split home numbers in front of me right now because he's been a beast at home. Um, Yeah, he's been an absolute beast. He's walking 14.4% of the time right now. Uh, He's just, he's just been awesome. And he's, and he cemented in that cleanup spot on a really good lineup tonight. They put him, uh, he was batting six, but it was because he was facing a lefty. And that just goes to show you how well he's been playing. They're playing him against lefties. And they have players on that team that can hit. So they want him in that lineup. He's going to get the at-bats. And if he gets, like, let's just say 500 and – let's say 515 at-bats, um, this is a guy who could easily hit 30 home runs, give you a solid average, and get a, a ton of RBIs. So I, I think it's definitely real, and he needs to be owned everywhere. So just to add a couple of points, I agree with you. It's it's definitely real. The power is definitely real. Um, he's actually been better away. He's 321 and four homers in 12 games versus 298 at home with six homers mm. and 17 games. So he's just been awesome oh, everywhere, okay. right? Yeah. The uh, 
the the one thing I will disagree with you on is that the plate appearances and him batting versus lefties, he really deserves a Kyle Schwarber treatment treatment, and that's he shouldn't be even played, even if he's starting against lefties, you shouldn't start him in your yeah. lineup. He's still batting two twenty two. He's a career like two oh seven against lefties. Yeah, but I mean, even the two twenty two, it's nine at bats. Yeah, after but- tonight, it's probably like. 12 at bats. But you know, <laughs> it's re- it's representative of his struggles against lefties. Yes. So, He's always been a guy that's struggled against lefties. Yeah. So, I, I'd be hesitant to start him against lefties anyway. But, yeah, it's real. I mean, there are some good changes here. Uh, the walk rate's up, and it's backed up by a declining chase rate. He's continued the approach change. He's kept the fly balls. He's pulling even more. But I don't think we should also lose sight of the fact that Adams went through a stretch last year where he was like the hottest player on the planet after he got traded to the Braves and then cooled off considerably. Um, I think he's gotten a little better from a real-life perspective with respect to the walk rate. I just don't know that the volume is going to stay there. Um, You know, They're going to have guys that are coming back. Murphy's going to come back. Um, Zimmerman, the reason why he was probably playing tonight, um, I don't know if Zimmerman played, but I don't, I don't think he did. And I know he's been out for the last few days with whatever injury he's dealing with. Um, but he'll be back and they'll probably play him, um, full time. So, I mean, I I just don't know that Adams has a great path to playing time now. I mean, Zimmerman's hurt. So, I mean, he could be hurt and be in and out of lineup all year. And that's not something we haven't seen before, but you do have to keep in mind that the volume might not be there. And then you also have to keep in mind that he went through a stretch like this last year and like literally hit 10 homers, I think in a month. Um, So I'm trying to keep myself in check with respect to this. Um, I, I think it's like, I think he's a little better than he's than he was last year, but I just don't think that he's going to keep this up uh, to any sort of level. I think he's going to level off before long. Okay, Jervis Solarte. To Detroit Tulowitzki's injury, Donaldson's absence, and Tra- Devin Travis's demotion, Solarte has found himself in an everyday role for the Blue Jays. But can he keep that role and the production up? Yeah, I think he can. I, I like Solarte. Um, he's a guy that's always uh, gotten on base at a good clip. He, he never strikes out, ever. Um, and the lineup's not that bad without these guys. They still have guys that could get on base, and he could, he's still getting good run in RBI totals right now at 21 and 22. Um, I like him. I don't think the power, obviously, is going to pace out for what it is. He has nine home runs right now, that, so I don't know. It paces out for like 30-something. But I could definitely see him hitting 20. And I could see the stolen bases getting up to around 5-plus. And then they come with good average and really good OP- OBP. So I'm on board with young Jarvis Solarte. Yeah, so he's down a bit in contact. But it looks like he's got a new approach as he's walking more. And it looks like he's just traded some of that contact for power. So I'm kind of with you, Nick. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm kind of with you. Why? He's always been a good player, like a good utility guy. Yeah, exactly. He's been a good utility exactly. guy. He's more than that right now. Well, he was good on the Padres. I mean, I feel like I'm 
going to be Mr. Cold Water again. But, uh, you know, on the surface, he looks like the latest Blue Jays late career breakout. I mean, we've seen it from them. Batista, Encarnacion, last year, Justin Smoke. And there are some positive signs. He's putting the ball in the air more, the walk rate's up, and the, obviously the situation improved. He's no longer in San Diego. He's in Toronto. That's a much better hitter's park. The AL East is much more friendly, much more friendly to hitters, even on the road. Um, but even with the more fly balls, he's doubling his homer to fly ball rate um, from what his career average is, despite hard contact percentage below 30%. He's slightly above average on barrels per plate appearance. I don't think the exit velocity data indicates that there's anything special going on. Um, I, I think the production is going to come down from this pace. Uh but I, I do also think, based upon the improvement, the playing time, and the situation, he's probably full season-wise a 20-homer bat. Um, so you're looking at like another 15 homers with around a 265, 270 average and a bunch of eligibility. So, I mean, in most formats, with the sort of eligibility he carries, that is a useful player. And he's hitting in the middle of a pretty good lineup. So... I do think he should be owned, so that puts him above where he was to start the year. I just don't think he's going to continue, um, you know, to be to pace as like a top 100, 120 type player. Um, you know, I, I think he'll fall back to the upper levels of the 100s before the season is out. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I mean, I. I don't think he's going to pace out for this, but I do like the improvements. And I think that what you said, like 265, 270 or so with another 15 home runs is good. And I think that's what he'll probably end up doing. I got a couple of trades for you guys too with Solarte. Okay. Um, so uh, Solarte for Matt Adams. No. Well, it's based on need. I mean, you know, do I – do I need the positional eligibility? Do I need the middle infield? Um, if I if I do, I take Solarte. I think I take Solarte anyway. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not taking Solarte. I think I take Solarte too, Ashley. Um, what about Solarte for Grandal? Uh, I think I'd rather have Grandal. Yeah, it's the catcher. Yeah, it's Grendel. And then this one's fun. Solarte for Buxton. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, you tried to beat me. Uh, <laughs> I'm keeping Buxton. What? No way! Yeah, because I'd rather have the guy with the higher, the much higher ceiling and the much lower floor than mediocre-ass and Jervis Solarte. I'm going to shock the world and say Buxton. I think I'm with Nick on this one. All right. Let's go. Okay. Matt Davidson. We've spoken about him on the pod a few times, and this is less about whether he's relevant and more about whether he's a top 100 asset. He's currently uh, ranking inside the top 75. How real is Matt Davidson? Uh, not so real. Um, he, he's a weird guy because right now he's got a 50% hard contact rate, which is phenomenal. Um, but the exit velo is 92, which is, which is good. The average launch angle is only 7.67. Um, 
listen, the bottom line is this. There's no questioning the power, though. Like, you could look at all the events. The kid's got power. He's been doing it his entire minor league career, and it's translating now into the majors last year and this year. The big thing is the batting average, and right now he's sitting on 257 with a 309 Babbitt. Um, I see him more as like a 230-ish type of hitter, which if he hits 230 and hits like 35 bombs, then he's rosterable. If he's under 30 bombs and he's hitting 230, then it becomes questionable. So... No, I do not think he's a top player. Uh, he, the batting average needs to be uh, more consistent. The the the, the uh, K rate needs to come down. It, the good thing is he's walking fourteen percent right now, but that's gonna come down. So, yeah, I don't know. We, I need to see more of this kid as the year rolls along. He's uh, uh I mean, I'm with you, Nick. I, I'm with you. The thing is, is that so far the results paint the picture that he's as like real as it gets right the reason that bat pips higher is because the ground balls are higher and the line drive percentage is higher um so that would explain the bat pip. the problem is is that i'm just not sure if that's the bat pip is high because of the result because the results have been good and i i think i tend to agree with you that i think he's probably still more of like a 230 hitter in talent um but I think the power is so real that it's not going to matter. Like how real? Like 30 to 35. Real. All right. So if he hits, let's just say 32 and he bats 230, he's, he's rosterable, but, but barely or, or, or no, am I wrong? Well, in average leagues, uh, he's like rosterable fringe. Well, wait, I think we need to clarify. Are we talking? 30 homers total, or are we talking yeah. 30, 30 homers two, from right now? No, to 30, no 30, homers, 30 total. homers total. So you're looking at like 21 more? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys are way off. I, I think he's I think he's better than that. Shocker. Yeah, this is my guy. <laughs> Listen, crazy power, improved approach at the plate. He's He's laying off bad pitches. Nothing he's done to me looks unsustainable aside from the 40.9% homer to fly ball rate, which I think will end up being somewhere around 30%. Um, he's among the leaders in all stat cast power measures, which means I think you're looking at another like 30 home runs from him. And I do not think the average is going to be that bad um, in part because He's hitting the crap out of the ball, and this is one of those cases where the grounders sort of help him because it means he's not going to suffer from the Babbitt problems that, um, you know, sometimes these guys can can suffer from because they hit so many fly balls. Um, if he's hitting the ball hard and it, it's line drives and it's grounders, he's gonna he's gonna put together some singles. And that's going to keep the BABIP and the batting average up. I think he's like a 250, 30 homer guy. Oh, wow. Today forward. What? From today forward? Yeah, I think he's going to approach so, 40 bombs so, this year. So, so 40 bombs, 250 average. Okay. So he's Chris. He's better than Chris Davis this year. Yeah, I think he's 
I actually looked at him the other day, and that was the comp that I came up with. Chris Davis, of course, hit a few more fly balls during his, you know, 50 homer some odd season. But I think Davidson's got it in him. I really do. Yeah, I mean, so far the approach has, like I said, has painted that picture. Okay, Nick Markakis. Yeah. Who would have expected that we would have to discuss Nick Markakis at any point this year? Not us. But he's hitting at the heart of one of baseball's hottest lineups with a renewed power stroke or a totally new power stroke. (laughs) Markakis is up to 65% ownership. How real is Nick Markakis? Oh, he's so real. These oh, Orioles are just no. the worst. The talent. They're the worst. This kid has been waiting his whole career. This kid, he's, he's like 90. This, <laughs> this, this kid. 35-year-old child, man child. Man child. Um, so, listen. No, I, I mean, listen. No, it's 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 not. The power it is not real. Uh, the average is going to come down. I mean, the thing is, he does have a... It's he's bat 344 with a 345 Babbitt. So there's no evidence that it's going to come down. Uh, the, the lineup is great. Like I said, it would be. <laughs> um, but listen, Markakis is so boring and so vanilla. And just a guy that's been out there in the waiver wire since 1999. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's really rosterable. I can't see myself owning him in any leagues. What he does have going for him is he's hitting in a nice part of the lineup ahead of every single guy in front of him gets on base a ton in Albies, Freeman, Acuna, and I don't know what they're doing with NCR today. I I feel bad for the kid. He was doing well. They put him at the end of the lineup. They need to move him up. Um, If they do move him up, that's just – that's four guys that get on base ahead of him. But right now, I I do believe that the RBI totals will be nice at the end of the season. Uh, last year he had 76 and 76 runs, and he was batting, I believe, like fifth and sixth all of last year, and that was without Al- that was without Albies for most Dude, of the year. Dude, you think that he's gonna ba- bat this high the rest of the season? Who else would move ahead of him? Like Pat, oh, the, the one argument Pat always says, and he's right about it, is that they're top heavy. So yeah, but right, yeah. I think he'll be fifth. He'll sit in fifth. Oh, that's at fine. Best. Put him fifth. Put him fifth. But it doesn't matter because. Fifth and put a guy that gets on as a crazy OBP ahead of him in NCR today. Like all those guys, OBPs are retarded. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna accumulate RBIs. Whether he's fourth I, or I feel like you've already spent too much time on on Marquez. I'm sorry to poo poo you, but he's 247th in barrels per plate appearance. The approach has been the same as the his, the rest of his entire career. It's just a hot streak. Please, please. That's it. That's all I got. You should sell them if you can. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find anybody that's going to buy. But in deeper leagues, I will say, I think that Nick made a good point about the runs on the RBIs. Um, and I think the run production could be there. I was pretty stunned when I looked and he had 76 and 76 last year. Yeah, and then 89 RBIs in 2016 on the Braves. Yeah. Um, so, I mean – there, I mean, there is a complete possibility that he's like a 280, 10-homer guy the rest of the way. And in the middle of that lineup in like 15, 16-team mixers, that could 
you know, that could be a, an asset. So we shouldn't completely poo-poo it. But he's what is this poo-poo thing. Well, what's going on here with this word tonight? Can we can we eighty six? Okay, please. Wait, wait, wait. So I'll eighty six you. Pat, you what? said you said that you don't think you can get a good deal for Marquez. Let me give you four deals that I think we'd all probably. Oh, oh my god, this is gonna be bad. Yeah, they are. All right, the first one's a joke, but I can't believe this actually went down. Nelson Cruz. Uh, oh somebody. my god! <laughs> All right, collusion. You need to boot that's that person out of John the league. Capello in another league. <laughs> All right, wait, Eric Hosmer. Again, you need to boot that person Terrible. out of the league. All right, what about Ender? Terrible. Terrible. I can Ender understand is leading that. the league in steals right now. Yeah, but he's. That's not as bad. Okay, here's the point. Right, the point is, is that you should send. You should. You should send him out. You never know what you'll get. Yeah, you oh never God. know you who's going to fall Mark- in love with Nick Markakis. You could trade Nick Markakis for Ender NCRT right now. Oh, my God. Don't even think yeah, about I it. Yeah, I would do it. I'm just saying it. it's like out of the three, it's the best one. He has yeah. like 14 steals right now, all right. I think. I'm just saying the I know. point I... Is, is right that the three of us are all like, oh, these are no-brainer. Who's going to trade for Nick Markakis? But that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to educate the people, man. Man. All right. Let's move to Jorge Soler. Let's educate some people. All right. Long the touted prospect, Soler has struggled in limited samples early in his career. But now with the chance to play full-time, even in a poor KC lineup, he's turning some heads. How real is Jorge Soler? Ah, Soler, Soler, Soler. You know – He's got a really, really nice swing, and when he makes contact, that ball is absolutely torched. Uh, the I just don't understand like his power total since he's been in the league. Like he's a big guy with a really nice swing who I always thought would hit for power, and it's just never panned out. And now he's actually finally making contact with the ball and hitting well, but he's still not really hitting home runs. So I don't know. Like he listen, he's got a four oh six bad, but. And even if, like, we know that that average is going to come way, way, way down. He is not a 308 hitter. He's not a 290 hitter. He's not a 280 hitter. At the end of the season, you're looking at something like a 260 hitter, 265, maybe. Um, and as far as the power totals, he's just a guy that's been extremely inconsistent month to month in his entire career. He did this a couple of years ago with the Cubs. When he came up, I was like, oh, sh- this guy is going to be really, really good. And then he just was awful, awful. And he did it last year with the Royals, and he's doing it this year with the Royals. Now he looks great. And I'm not betting on him. I've lost all faith in Solaire. Um, he's one of those hitters that when he's struggling, he is really Corey Dickerson cold, Brian Dozier cold struggling. So I'm staying away. I don't want any part of this guy. Yeah, so I, I own him in our home league. Um, I definitely think he's more real than Marcakis. Um, the only problem is That's he's – not saying a lot. I know, I know. But he's like real deep down in barrels per plate appearance at 190. He has cut the chase rate and up the zone contact percentage, which is good. Um, so I don't think he's on the way to a truly, truly breaking out season because um, the stack cast numbers just aren't aren't too friendly to him. Uh, but he's worth riding the streak, and I think the contact the contact and approach gains are real. Yeah, I mean, he's not as good as he's been, but I don't think that means Solera won't be useful. 
he's made a lot of gains in terms of the plate approach that Joe just mentioned. Um, and he's making a lot, he's making a lot of hard contact, even if it's not there in the exit velocity data. Um, the average isn't going to stay at the 300 plus level. Uh, I think Nick hit the ball on the head. He's, he's about probably somewhere in the 260 to 240 range in terms of batting average. I think he's got 30 homer power. And I think to borrow a Nickism, he's got sneaky speed and he could steal like five, six, seven bases um, in part because of that athleticism and in part because of that situation. Um, you know, Kansas City is bad. Um, bad teams tend to run. Um, their manager is one that likes to run as well. Um, the counting stats obviously aren't going to be there because of the lineup. Although, you know, they scored 15 runs tonight and <laughs> Dylan Bundy couldn't get an out against them. So, I mean, I think he's still going to be a useful player in most mixed leagues, but I think he's like back of the roster, which kind of goes to what Joe said, which is, you know, he's a ride the streak type. Um, you know, if he has, you know, three bad games in a row, maybe you cut him loose, pick up somebody else and keep an eye on him to see when he gets hot again. All right. Rick Porcello is the Cy Young winner bouncing back or is this fool's gold and the blowups are around the corner? How real is back. Rick Porcello? He's very real. And I liked him before the season started. He was a guy I had high on my pitcher rankings. He was sniped from me in our home league. Um, you know, I've always liked the guy because of the K totals, the swing and miss. And now the swing and miss is even better because he's throwing his slider a lot more. And he pretty much not junking his fastball, but he's throwing it. It's right now it's his fourth most thrown pitch, which in the past last year it was the second most thrown pitch. In the years prior, it was his first and second year after year. So he's made a change to his pitch mix, and it's working. He's inducing more swing and miss. Uh, the slider looks as sharp as ever. Um, and, you know, he's throwing the change up more. I I I'm a believer. I've always liked his breaking stuff. And now he's making the change like everyone else in the league, and it's going to pay dividends. I like him a lot. I think it's going to continue. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about pitch mix with Purcello. Uh, strapping the the duty change or uh, the duty sinker is what he needed to do. And throwing the slider more is good. Yeah. So now we've replaced poo poo with duty. Yeah. I, we're, I don't we're all know. Grown ups. I'll see what else <laughs> I got. <laughs> uh, the peripherals of back with Priscilla's done. I mean, the FIP is a two one eight. The XFIP is a three Oh seven. Um, but the peripherals are somewhat swayed by uh, the control that he's shown um, and the lack of homers. I don't think there's any way the homers per nine stay at 0.39. Um, and with that, his 78% strain rate should dissolve a bit. He's always been sort of a low strain rate guy. Um, the control could keep near a league leading level though. I mean, that's how it was in his Cy Young season. Um, what's interesting to me, aside from what you guys mentioned with respect to the pitch mix is, is that, he sort of flipped his um, batted ball results profile. He's back to getting more grounders a year after his uh, profile became very fly ball heavy. He's up at 47%. That's not outstanding, but it's certainly ground ball oriented. Um, and he's minimizing dangerous contact. So uh, that's a good combination. So I'm leaning also towards real. Um, 
and, and I think he was underrated at the draft table. I don't think he's like to a top 20 type level, but I do think he's to a top 40 type level. Are you guys on board with that or are you higher? Uh, I think he could be a little higher. Higher than top 30? Yeah. I mean, he's done it before and I don't see, I don't see why he would slow down at this point. Like Pat said, the, the home runs could go up, but still like he's not giving up that many hips hits. So the whip, I think the whip is going to maintain or go up just a bit. The ratio is going to stay the same. And if the whip, if the ERA goes up to mid threes, it's, it's fine. Yeah. You know what? I, I could buy that. I mean, he's, he's flashed the control before. So um, even if the homers come up, if he's not, if there's no one on base, it doesn't really hurt him. So, uh, yeah. I, and I'll admit I was pretty dead wrong on, on Porcello. So. I'm I'm with you, Nick. I'm I'm with you a lot today. It's kind of weird. And with uh, we 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 should we should also bring up Andy's point from last week, Andy Singleton, who was our guest host, uh, about wins. I mean, yeah. that team is fantastic. So, in standard five by five, um, you know, he should have a pretty hefty win total to go with whatever his pitching results are. So if the pitching results are good and he has a good win total, that can, you know, boost him up a few slots that above where you would expect him to be. Yeah, he's five for seven right now. Five wins at a seven game start. That's pretty that's pretty damn good. Yeah. All right, Miles Mikolas. A couple of blow-ups in spring training and everyone was bailing. Now everyone is loving Mikolas. But how real is it? Um you know who wasn't bailing? <laughs> Me, you, Joe. Were you bailing? I was bailing. I was uh, always bailing. Uh, yeah, I've, I, I'm, I'm definitely. So, Nicholas is a guy that I've watched pretty closely this year, and um, I am like super interested in this guy. I, I want to own him. He's absolutely filthy. When you see him come in with like a 98 mile per hour four seamer and then hit you with like a mid 70s curveball that with with ridiculous break it, it's impossible to hit this guy uh and then he'll come at you with a slider a sweeping slider he's got really good command he doesn't walk guys i mean my worry was that he throws too many strikes and in this league in the major league baseball you're gonna have you know just superstars ready to swing the bat and be more aggressive but they're just unable to hit him right now because the stuff is so good um, so he could keep throwing strikes and he's going to keep being successful. I see no reason why he's going to slow down. Uh, the ERA is going to go up a bit, hundred percent. I think when all said and done at the end of the year, he'll be floating around like a three, one, five, but it's going to come with really, really, really good ratios. I mean, good K to based on ball ratios, the, the K rate, you know, I see potential in that number going up. I think right now it's like six and a half, something stupid like that. Um, I think. Like what I visualized with Mikolas in spring training was like a seven five K per nine, which is a lot more digestible than six five. Uh, once you get into the sixes, it's just like the danger zone for for K rate. Um, but if he could bring that up to like seven and a half per nine, maintain the the good walk rate, uh, this guy is he's going to be money. Uh, I I mean, you touched on my only concern, and that's if he's still just hovering around the zone a bit too much. I mean, he might have it. He might have the touch like Bartolo Colon, you know, or Keiko or, you know, these, these contact guys. Um, 
But considering that um, I haven't seen a full season of him, he has looked really sharp. I got to give it to you guys. You guys were right so far. Um, I do think he'll regress. Um, but I'm willing to admit that I might have been wrong and that, you know, if he floats at a three and a half ERA, that's a damn good season. So um, I, I just want to see a little bit more and see if the league can adjust to him being in the zone so much. To me, I think I think Mikolas is sort of the NL Rick Porcello. Um, great control, enough Ks, grounders. Um, he has the better ballpark, but he's not going to get the Ks that Porcello gets. And both seem to be solid innings guys. At least that's Mikolas's reputation. Um, he's he's mostly for real as that type of player. He's going to have some blow ups without question. Um, they're going to happen where the grounders sneak through the infield and then he gives up an inopportune bomb or two. Um, but I think he's going to be who myself and Nick thought he was going to be, which is a guy right around 3.5 ERA, maybe up to 3.75 um, with a mediocre K rate that he'll help make up for in volume. Um, good control and lots of grounders. If I could get an arm inside the top 35 for Mikolas, I would do it. Uh, but if I can't, I'm holding steady. I, I have confidence he's going to be right around top 40. Um, and I'll take the solid results. All right, Tyson Ross. When Matt Harvey under, underwent thoracic outlet syndrome surgery, the thought was he would become the successful test case. Not so much. Uh, Ross is the one that has revitalized his career in his old San Diego stomping grounds. But can he keep this up? How real is Tyson Ross? Uh, yeah, I'm not on board with Tyson Ross. I'm, I know Pat's going to be on board with Tyson Ross. He's loved him since the Stone Age. Uh, <laughs> but, but he's starting to come back to earth a little bit. And not that he was ever like that good this year. Uh, in March and April, he had a 3-6-4 ARA. Uh, but now in May already, he's at 4-5-0. Um, I, I kind of question the durability. He's obviously the guy that's had his fair share of injuries. Um and he's 31 years old. I just I, – I look at him similar to the way I look at Cahill, although I'd rather have Cahill, which is that they could just get hurt at any time and lose it and get blown up at any point. I'm, I'm out on Russ. All right, Pat, educate us. I mean, I, I do like Tyson Ross, but I'm actually going to surprise you because I, I think this is fantasy. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, Ross looks much closer to a good version of the pitcher that he was from last year than he does the pitcher from his heyday. Um, the problem is that the good version of the pitcher from last year is probably a true talent for ERA pitcher in this climate. Um, as evidence, Ross used to be an extreme ground baller. His grounders used to be up above 50% into the 60% range. Now he's at 47%, so he's lagging there. Um, Ross was also very good at managing and limiting dangerous contact. His current 36-plus percent hard contact rate is well above the rates he posted in the 2013-2015 to 2015 run. Um, he's also allowing more pulled contact than during that run. So, I mean, over a full season, a pitcher posting a four ERA with an 11K per nine, which is what Ross has right now, is going to have value. But I think the K per nine is more likely to end up around nine, 
given his swing strike rate of 10%, which not to sound like a broken record, but it's off his peak. Um, so even at the four ERA level with nine K per nine, I think Ross in Petco Park can have value in most formats, including mixed leagues. But you also then have to keep in mind the injury as well. Um, and this is a guy that's struggled with injuries throughout his career. It wasn't just thoracic outgrowth syndrome. So, um, you know, I think there are a couple of regression points here. Joe, anything? Uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, I, I don't think he's as, as good as peak 2013 to 2015, Ross, um, but he's definitely worth rostering right now. And he's worth riding, right? I mean, if he strings together another two two stinkers of starts, then you can just drop him and he's and he's worth nothing. I mean, there was no investment. So, um, yeah, I think right now he's definitely still worth owning, though. Okay, let's move it to Trevor Cahill. He's back. <laughs> A year ago, Trevor Cahill was starting to create waves in San Diego. The season ended in disappointment in Kansas City after injury and a trade. Now, returning to Oakland, Cahill is starting to make noise again. How real is Trevor Cahill? I mean, he's real if he could stay healthy. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was what we said at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm on. I'm on board with it, and. I mean, the nice thing about him right now is not only is he striking out the world and not walking anyone, he's also inducing a 60% ground ball rate, which is obviously fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he can maintain it. He could be exactly what he is right now for, for a while, but it's just a matter of staying healthy. So I, I would buy in, and he's definitely a nice guy to keep in the back end of your rotation as long as he's healthy. So I kind of look at him the way I look at Haney, Andrew Haney, except – I mean, Cahill's probably a little bit better, uh, but similar type of players. If they stay healthy, they're going to produce. Matt? Well, thank you, Joe, for deferring to me on my boy. Um, listen, I, I said it before the season. Watch out for him. Um, Cahill was a stud in San Diego. He got hurt and then was lousy afterwards. He signs with the A's. Uh, they put him into um, extended spring training, the minors for a few starts. He comes up and through four starts, he's been dominant. You know, Nick mentioned 11 plus K per nine and a grounder rate near 60%. Um, that's the exact same profile he had last year in San Diego. Um, I am more willing to buy Cahill than I am Ross because Cahill is exhibiting the skills that made him interesting last year pre-injury. The heavy ground ball rate combined with a ton of whiffs. His swing strike rate is 16%. Among starters with 20 innings, he ranks fourth in ground ball percentage and fourth in swing strike percentage. The pitchers in front of Cahill on swing strike percentage, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Chris Sale. That's it. Damn. So... You know, the downside is obvious. He's probably going to get hurt. And if and when he returns from the injury, there's no guarantee he's going to be effective. In fact, we saw it last year. He completely went down the tubes. Um, for now, enjoy the ride. 
If someone makes you an offer for a shorter thing and you need some stability, take it. But as long as he's healthy, this is for real. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. And Nick, I don't think you disagree because I think the three of us were all on board with this. It was like, haha, funny. Cahill's going to get hurt. He never pitches anymore. But when he's pitching, he's worth it. Yes. I just think it was funny from a real baseball perspective that the entire league let this guy just sit out there for, you know, most of spring training and the A's were able to get him for like nothing. And well, here he is again. (laughs) Wow. Talk about nothing. I didn't actually realize how cheap it was. It's a mil and a half. Well, think about that. And then think about the contract that Tyler Chatwood got from the Cubs. How many years was that? I think it's three years, 38 mil. Yeah, I I think you're right. Stupid. (laughs) It is, yeah, three years, 38. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) they should have just signed Andrew Haney. They should have signed Cahill and just put one in when one gets hurt, and then you keep shuffling them. Haney wasn't a free free agent. Stupid. Stupid. All right, let's move into buy low or just say no. The uh, title of the segment is obviously just self-explanatory. So let's talk about Carlos Santana. Joe, I know you own him in the home league, so tell us. Would you buy low on Carlos Santana? Hell yeah. He's like the buy low candidate. Agree. He's experienced like the worst luck humanly possible in baseball. Um, yeah, he's the buy low candidate. I want Nick. What 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 are your thoughts? I was never a Santana guy, nor will I ever be. I am not buying him. Oh my god, you're crazy! And Pat, you are right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. the hard contact looks good. He's hitting the fly balls. He um, he just might homers. I, I think he's just the guy that he's he's like E5 and he's like Mark Teixeira. Like, it sucks owning him in April. You just have to deal with it because the goodness is coming and it's going to be really good in Philadelphia, I think. So uh, let's play the trade game. All right, so would you trade Nate Jones and Byron Buxton for Santana and Bundy? Absolutely. Yeah. Even, even if... Bundy doesn't get another out for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, that was, an, that was an over here. What about Sabathia and uh, Villanueva for Santana and Tyone? Oh, yes. Santana and Tyone, easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about Justin Upton for Santana? What? Oh, Upton. Are you an idiot? Yeah, Upton. All right, all right. Chill, chill. All right. Um, Bellinger for Santana and Granky. Oh, uh, no. I like the Granky, but no. Yeah, I think I'm going Granky and Santana. It's close. It's a good one. No. It's close. Granky's throwing like 49 miles per hour right now. Give me Bellinger all day. You would do. You would do. All right, I got more. I got more. I got more. Um, Santana and Rizzo for Chris Sale and Glyber Torres. What? Santana and Rizzo. Uh, no, I'm taking Rizzo. I'm taking Torres and Sale. Ooh. Torres is a fucking beast. 
<laughs> what? I said Homer. Oh, oh yeah. I'm taking Santana and Rizzo. All right, and one more. Uh, Springer and Strowman for Santana and Porcello. Springer. Springer? You're taking the Springer side? Wait, can you Ooh. repeat it? S Springer and Strowman. Because forget San Strowman. Forget Strowman. I'm not trading Springer for sh shitty Carlos Santana. And, and Rick Porcello, the boy you just I, talked of? I like Rick Porcello, but <laughs> Springer is the friggin' best. That's a good trade. Yeah, I think I'm taking the Springer side. That's a fair trade, though. Yeah, it's I think it's fair, I think it's pretty good. It's not good, so shut up. Stop being a little baby. All right, all right. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> okay. All right, Marwin Gonzalez. Nick, you buying low on Marwin? Uh, yeah, I'm buying low on Marwin. He's too good a hitter. The no! Average is... <laughs> what? I disagree. Why? Because I think last year was a career year. It's not... As far as batting average? Well, as far as, as, far as everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't – listen, bottom line is he plays for the – he plays for the Astros. Like he's gonna ha have the good counting stats, even though he's having a bad year. He still has twenty two RBIs and one hundred and thirty seven well, plate appearances. That's because, of course, I I put together this outline a few days in advance, and then he turns around has <laughs> yeah. five RBIs last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like what I'm saying is, even if like all right, he's not. We, we, but listen, he's not a two forty eight hitter. If he brings up to like two, even two seventy, if he's hitting two seventy on this team, he's still gonna end up with like eighty. Five plus ish RBIs, which is good, and I don't know. I like him, and he's gonna get like twenty bombs to go with it. So it's it's boring. He's vanilla, but I'm buying it for the right price. He's a good bench guy, solid utility, plug and play. Well, that's that's ultimately the thing, right? Like, what is the right price? But before you know, we get to any potential trades. You know, to me, I'm with Joe. I think this looks like the outlier. I mean, last year looks like the outlier, I should say. Um, he's one of the guys in this lineup that could easily become an expendable bench piece if they improve elsewhere. This is a team that's right in the middle of its window right now. Um, he has not been good up until last night. And even with last night, he's still like a 240 guy, I believe, with the sub-700 OPS. Um, yeah, the counting stats have been there, but for how long, um, you know, there are other guys in this lineup and other guys in the system that can come up and, and take his job, um, you know, or, or his lineup spot and push him down. And if he gets pushed down in the lineup, then maybe the counting stats won't be there or won't be there. Um, you know, or the opportunities won't be as plentiful. So yeah, I'm, I'm not buying low on Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, Marvin's my boy, and I love him. But yeah, it's just last year was a career year. I mean, previous years he's looked pretty similar to me. as two he as two he does now. Jesus Christ, I couldn't even get that out. <laughs> um, let, let's go through some trades. So, go. uh, let's say you have Marwin. Actually, it doesn't even matter. Which which side are you taking, Marwin or Luis Castillo? Castillo. 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 Marwin or Luis Gohara? Marwin. Marwin. Gohara is not ready yet. He will be, though, in the next couple of years. I just don't know that he's 
going to have any kind of value as a reliever. I agree, Marwin. Um, Marwin or Story? Story. 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 Marwin or Gregory Polanco? Polanco. Polanco, El Coffee. All right, and Marwin or Daniel Norris? Marwin. 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 All right. All right, Ian Kinsler. I'll kick this one off. I think he's a buy. Um, He's got a bomb. He's run a bit. He's not striking out. Still walking he's at got a, good a bomb. Clip. He's running a bit. He's got like one steal, one bomb. No, he's got three three steals. Who are you, Nick? Oh wow. To me, the Babbitt monster is getting him. And yeah. I don't entirely brush that off because he struggled with the Babbitt last year. Um, but I don't really see much glaring in the profile. The lack of hard contact is a little concerning, but I think that'll come around as he rounds it to form after missing some time to start the year. Um, I still think he's a very good buy low, especially if you need the runs. I'm yeah. starting. I'm starting to walk away. I think he shot, um, bro. He yeah, shot. He shot. I agree, Joe. I mean, listen. I liked him as a as a really good value um, at second base, the guy who who's going to bat atop a really really nice offense. But he looks terrible. And listen. I know it's a small sample size, but look at last year, 100, you have 613 plate appearances, and he batted 236 last year with a 244 Um, Yeah, he went 22-14, but I don't know, man. He, he just looks like he's always going to be battling through injuries. That's what's happened so far this year. He doesn't look good. You have a lot of good players on that team. It's going to be hard to hold that leadoff spot again. I'm out. He's 229th in sprint speed score, and he is 326th in barrels per plate appearance. Yikes. Can only get better. Nah, He's man. He's making 23% hard contact. He shot. He shot. Yeah, man. Kinsler oh, or Cano? Cano. <laughs> For real, Cano. Kinsler, Cueto, and Gardner for Springer. Springer. No. What about, what about Kinsler, Cueto, Gardner for Cespedes? Wait, what did you say, Pat? So that's, that's a, a Nick, Nick trade. trade. Yeah, that is a Nick <laughs> <laughs> I love that. At least you admit it. it is. Uh, Cespedes. Yeah, Cespedes. That, that's it. No one's trading for Ian Kinsler. <laughs> no, nah, he's, he's, he's at this point. He's Listen, if you own Ian Kinsler, send me some offers. <laughs> I might just buy. I might do it. All right, Pat. If somebody offers you Ian Kinsler for Franchi. Oh, I can't trade Franchi. He's the great Franchino. It's the best. <laughs> Yo, what about what about what about Kinsler for VR? No. If I can spare the speed, I would do it definitely. I would not, definitely. Yeah, not. I wouldn't do it either. All the runs. All right, Kyle Seeger. Joe, you want to kick us off on this one? Yeah, um, he he's killing the the extreme fly ball that he that he did last year, but man, he still struggled. Um, I think he's a buy, but for the right price, um, I'm a little bit worried. But it's nice to see that he's he's falling back in line a bit to his career averages, and not again, like I said, not trying to to partake in the fly ball revolution. Um, so yeah, it's all about price here. Um, 
for me. Um, look, I'm, I'm a, I've always been a fan of Seeger's. Uh, he's always, to me, been really underrated and always has always been a really, really safe play. But right now, he really needs to start walking more and get that OBP up. That's the glaring number that's way down. 293 OBP compared to 323 last year, 359 the year before. That number is just way down. He's also striking out more. Uh, he's at 18% right now. Uh, yeah, 18%. Happened. It's no, it's not bad, but it's, it's good. It's, it's, you know what? He was, and it's not that much higher than where he was the last couple of years. Um, but if he was hitting more home runs and the K rate was going up, I wouldn't mind so much. But he just looks like shot at the plate this year and last. I don't know. I'm no, of- yo. So wait, listen, hold up. Like, I, I know you probably didn't follow him as much as Pat did because Pat owned him last year. And I kind of was. I've owned him every year for his existence. Yeah. And yeah. I had a lot of discussions with Pat last year. And, you know, we were discussing of whether or not Pat should move him or not. Dude, I mean, he started off so slow and he still ended up like falling into 27 home runs. Yeah, but 27 with a 250 average, is that even like good anymore? It's good when you pair it with the, like, he's a bit of a compiler. But he's not stealing bases anymore. It's but like he doesn't need to steal the bases. It's about the RBIs and the runs that he can accumulate. I know. And, and right now, they're down. And he's batting what on this team? Sixth? He's batting fifth or sixth, depending if it's a righty or a lefty on the mound. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, homers are down. I don't homers know. are down. Like, you know what it is? A couple of years ago, he started like making gains. Like he had that one year where he walked like almost eleven percent of the time, and the bombs were going up. And I was like, "Oh man, I could see this guy just having a breakout where he hits like, you know, thirty-five home runs, steals, you know, close to ten bags, and bats two seventy. But then he just like started getting worse and worse, and now I don't know if I believe he could do that. See, anymore. I don't know that he's gotten worse and worse. I just think the the league kind of got better at what he was good at. Yeah, right. So, like, all we need to use is WRC+, plus, right? So, last year it was just 106. In 16, it was 132. The year before that, 115, right? But this year it's 90. So, yeah, he's a little bit below league average. But that's that's the thing, right? Like, he's he seems like he's awful, and he's still only at a 90. WRC plus. So if he strings together a couple of good weeks, he's like back back to being above league average. And you're like, oh, okay, it's not it's not super sexy, but it doesn't hurt me. Yeah, and and I mean, as you pointed out, Joe, I mean, like last year was uh, the worst year he's seen in a while, and a lot of that was tied to the fly ball revolution and the amount of fly balls that he hit, and he's. It appears to me from the batted ball profile that he's tried to correct that a little bit. Um, and if he does that, then the batting average should get back up close to the 265, 270 range. Mm-hmm. Pair that with nearly 30 bombs. Um, and and Nick, you know, like that lineup is real has gotten a lot better too. I mean, yeah. you know, they've 
they've added Gordon at the top, which, you know, doesn't help Seager necessarily hitting five or six, but what it does is it pushes everybody down one. Um, so it makes the lineup longer and he's either hitting in front of or behind Mitch Hanniger, who's off to a fantastic start. Ryan Healy's come back. He's hitting like seventh or eighth in that lineup and he is absolutely crushing the ball right now. And Zanino is there and, you know, I don't like, I don't love Zanino, but the guy is a, is a 30 bomb catcher and he's also behind Seager. So, I mean, the runs in the RBIs should be there for him um, in a pretty good amount, regardless of where he hits, be it five or six. So, I mean, you know, close to 30 bombs, 265, 270, you know, 85, 90 in terms of runs and RBIs. That's a really, really solid piece, even if it lacks upside. Yeah. Um, All right, so, Joe, give us some trades. I'm curious to see what the market is right now. I bet it's pretty low. It. Uh. Yeah. So, um, Seager for Bundy. That's strictly need. I think they're like the same class. I'm taking Bundy though. Uh, I'm I'm more with Pat. I think it's uh, I think it's need. Um, Cozart for Seager. Seager. Um, and I don't know that it's particularly close. I think got, that's pretty close, but so? I'm going with yeah, I'm going with Seager. Cozart's been good, man. It's Seager for me. Um, I'm going to get so though. Corbin for Seager and Tyone. No. No, I'd rather have Corbin. Corbin. Yeah, I'd rather have Corbin too. Um, Seager and Archer for Acuna. Seager. Oh, Seager and, and Archer. Acuna looks so good, but I'll, I'll I'll hold on to Seager and Archer. I think that's a really really good deal. Like neither team, neither team is is getting a steal there. Um, I'd probably go with Seager and Archer too. You're trading. It's a floor for upside trade. Yeah. So, so I, I, the market's not totally down on him. I think it's it's pretty fair. Yeah, I thought yeah. That the, I thought the market would be down, but you're right, it wasn't. Um, it's just guys like Seager that are kind of boring usually tend to get underrated. But it sounds like the market's got a pretty good grasp on them. All right, Gregory Polanco, and I can kick this one off. Um, he started out red hot and has cooled since. Um, but I, I think he's a prime buy low opportunity. Cooled? Uh, yeah. I think, of a, I think of a better word to describe what he's done. Yeah, he's like ice cold. Okay. Ice cold. Corey Shut Jefferson up, cold. <laughs> like, come on. Like, we're talking about schematics here, people. Like, <laughs> I said, I said he cooled off. The walk rate's at a career high. He's hitting the ball harder and harder at the right launch angles. I don't think the 224 Babbitt was going to stick, and that's really what's suppressing his value. Um, his current power speed pace is 30 homers, 10 steals. I think he's going to settle around 25-15 with the 265 average, and the projection systems agree with me. Um, I also love him hitting second. Uh, it gives them the runs and also some RBI opportunities. Um, yeah, I'm buying Polanco quite a bit. Uh, I'm not buying him at all. I am done with this guy. I'm done with this guy. I'm done with this guy. The, f- the first couple of weeks of this season, everybody, including Pat, 
oh, Palanco, finally, the breakout's happening. And then <laughs> what happens? Typical Gregory Polanco. This is what happens. He comes crashing down to Earth at the speed of light and explodes into a billion people. <laughs> he has a 6, like, 85 OPS over the last month. He's awful. Um, listen, he's extremely, extremely inconsistent. And as far as frustrating hitters to own go, he's probably number one because you do see the potential. Personally, I look at the guy. I hate the swing. I don't see that much power in oh, the swing. Oh, you don't like the swing? I think no. like that's the one redeeming. Nick hasn't watched him play this year. This is what this means to me. I think that's the one redeeming. I have watched him play, Pat. Shut up. What are you talking about? You don't. Then you don't see the power in the swing. I don't see the power well, in the swing. Then I, I don't know what swing you're looking at because I this year in particular that swing looks awesome to me. Okay. Well. It doesn't look awesome to me, and I don't think that the power is for real whatsoever. He's never going to hit 30 bombs. Bank on it. I'll make a bet right now with anyone on this podcast that never in his career will he get to 30 bombs. Forget about this year. Never in his career. Um, and as far as his speed goes, he's often injured. Like I, I don't, I don't want to predict injury because we do it a lot on the pod, and we really, we really shouldn't. But this is a guy who gets injured every single year. If it's not his shoulder, it's his hamstring. If it's not his hamstring, it's his thumb. It's something every year. He's constantly playing playing through injuries. Um, and it's just not a play that I want to roster. He's too up and down for me. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's not even like he's not even a plus plus asset in steals anymore. I mean, with eight and four hundred and eleven plate appearances last year and seventeen and five eighty seven the year before that. Um, with that said, I think the swing is the one redeeming quality. I think this year he does the swing does look good, but I I have to agree. I I kind of I don't know. I I mean I feel like I've never been a Polanco guy. I've never been as high as other people have. Um, so I don't really feel bad about letting him about passing on this one. He has like he has look at his OBP over the last four years. The guy is like not that good at all. I'm over it. I don't want to hear about this breakout coming. It's never coming. It's over. Yeah, I mean, in 2,100 career plate appearances, he's got 55 home runs and 68 stolen bases. It's yeah. just like not. Yeah, but last year was like a complete lost year. So yeah, I mean, take those 400 and just. All right. So, but even his 22 17 year, like 22 home run, 17 steal year, he still had a 323 OBP and batted 258. Like. Uh, yeah, a 24 I mean, just, year old. yeah, it was 24. I uh, all right, that's fine. He's just not that good. I'm over it. All right, let's talk some trades. So, uh, Pollock and Polanco for Kluber. Yes, of Kluber. course you want Kluber. Kluber yeah, Kluber. Okay, Polanco or Grandal? Polanco, Grandal, Grandal, Polanco or Hater? Hater, not close. Hater, Hater. Okay, um, Polanco and Travis Shaw. For Cueto and Conforto. Polanco sure. and Shaw. All right, wait. What about Conf- – give me another pitcher instead of Cueto. Uh, what um, about um, Hendri- Hendricks and Conforto? Hendricks who? and Conforto for Polanco and who? Travis Shaw. Shaw. I'll take the Hendricks. <sighs> I still think I want Shaw and Polanco. I think I want Hendricks at that point. Okay. 
All righty, Trey Mancini. Nick, why don't you kick this off? I know you like Trey Mancini. Ah, my boy. Yeah, take? I love Trey. Uh, no, I still love I, – I like Trey. And he's actually made some – I mean, listen, he's not playing well right now, but he has made some gains. He's walking 10% of the time right now, which is up a pretty big margin from last year. It was at just 5.6. Uh, the OBP right now is 329. Um, so as much as he struggled, he's getting on base at a decent clip, even with a three two. With a, I'm sorry, with a 258 average. Uh, and just three home runs. Look, he doesn't have major power, uh, but he definitely has 25-ish and maybe a little bit more home run upside, and that's going to come with a good average. He's always hit for good averages in his minor league career, and it translated well last year when he came up. He batted 293 last year, although it was with a 352 Babbitt. Um, I wouldn't call it unlucky because he's such a good uh, bat-on-ball bat hitter. He could spray the ball all over the field. And I've always been a fan of his. Um, yeah, I'm not really worried. The problem is right now he's still unproven. Um, and last year wasn't that great of a year. So I don't know if you could really even sell him. But if you were going to buy him, the price would be super, super cheap, I would imagine. So, yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would invest in, uh, in Mancini right now. I feel like with Mancini, like this, this might be a lost year with Mancini. Like he's been dinged up a little bit. Um, he's hasn't really been great. Um, he hasn't shown any huge improvements in the power department. I, I don't know. I just feel like this might just be, this might end up just being a lost year. It's like a gut feeling. It's it's nothing like scientific. I mean, to me, he looks like a mixed bag. The walk rate being up is good, um, but he's not chasing less. So I wonder how sustainable it actually is. Um, the grounders are up a tick. That's not a good thing for a power hitter. He's over 50%, and that's been consistent year over year. Um, pull percentage is down, and his pulled fly ball percentage is also down, and that wasn't that high to begin with. It's down all the way to 12%. Um, to me, this is the risk you run with hitters that are of the Mancini mold. You know, Hosmer's another one. Um, the ground balls have to sneak through. Otherwise, it's 20 homers, 260, and subpar counting stats because of a bad team. And I, and I think that's another reason why, Joe, you mentioned this might be a lost season. I, it might be a lost season because Baltimore is just terrible. Yeah. I mean – Machado is not long for that team. And once he leaves, yeah, man, he's going to be in the middle of a lineup. But is there going to be anybody on base? So to me, I think he's a hard pass. Yeah. So uh, let's get some Mancini deals. Uh, the Dingo, Domingo Santana for Mancini? No. Wait, um, no. You want, you want Domingo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mancini, or I'm assuming you're going to say Puig, but Mancini or Puig? Puig. Puig. Uh, Mancini, Rendon, and VR. So Mancini, Rendon, VR for Simeon and Hanniger. I want the Rendon side. I think I want the Rendon side too, but it's close. Well, it's I think I want the Hanniger side. Oh, you're nuts. All right. That's it. Okay. 
Andrew Benintendi. Joe, you want to kick us off on this one? Oh, Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, this is an easy buy for me. Um, I think the talent's just too too darn high um, not to buy in. I mean, I know he's got um, some pull, pull fly ball problems, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's why the pop is there's, there is none. Uh, but again, I think he's just, he's just too talented of a hitter. Um, Nick, I know you really liked him coming into the season. Really, really liked him coming into the season. Um, I think it's just too early to be selling on someone with just like good 2020 talent. Um, and it would take a really good deal to prime for me. Nick. Yeah. Uh, this is, I'm definitely buying him. Um, I actually had the person in our home league uh, approach me with a deal involving Benintendi, and I was very, very intrigued. Unfortunately, he was asking a little too much, but I would definitely, definitely invest in the guy. He's an extremely smart hitter, and he's going to figure it out. I will bet anything on it. He's still walking at a really high rate. Right now, he's at 12.3%. He's not really striking out, and he just had a really nice game yesterday. He went three for five. Um, he's going to snap out of it very soon and he's going to accumulate a ton of good counting stats, runs, RBIs, all that good stuff. And it's going to come with like, uh, I, I would say he, listen, he only has one home run right now and it's already had 140 at bats, but I would still bet on him getting to that 20 mark, which is obviously, uh, the money number. And he does have five steals, which is great. Cause that puts him in line for getting 20. Um, and that's what. Pat had him projected for, which is like a 2020 guy this season. I was a little bit more, um, I was a little bit closer. I mean, a little bit higher on the power. I thought that this year he could possibly go like 30, 20, uh, but that's, I don't think that's going to happen at this point. So I'm still on board with him going 2020 with a really, really nice average. I think the 244 is very soon going to turn into a 285 ish and he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, the running is promising, and the plate discipline has been there with the walk rate around 12%, but the power and av- average have been absent. Um, the first instinct is to blame the Babbitt, but he's at 291, and he's been around league average now for his career. Um, I'm not sold that he deserves better um, because the batted ball profile is very heavy on medium contact, which is the worst um, for Babbitt. Um, struggles against lefties have continued. He's I got a 457 OPS this year against them, 622 last year. So I have a nightmare scenario for you. Pedroia's coming back. Isn't there some potential that Benintendi might be platooned with Nunez versus lefties? Um, but, uh. I mean, even with that nightmare scenario, which I'm not sure will occur, um, and I lean no on that, but it is it is something to keep in mind. Mm. Overall, I am okay with buying on Benintendi because I think the plate skills are there. Um, he'll find his swing, and he's a quality hitter. But the price needs to be at a pretty significant discount compared to what was a top 50 overall ADP player um, at draft season. If he played for any other team, like if he played for, like let's just say, the Oakland A's, he would have like went probably fifty picks lower. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. But, but I think uh, to be fair, right? I think some of the 
some of the value is in the fact that he plays for the Red Sox. Yeah, like it, oh, it, it, right. quite literally. It's the counting yeah. stats. Yeah, the counting stats are, are awesome. Even with his slow start, I mean, he's still, I think, pacing for 100 runs. Yeah. So uh, let's run through some deals. Um, would you, Nick, trade Sean Newcomb for Benintendi? <laughs> Come on. I love Newcomb, but bye-bye, Sean. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta get Benintendi there. All right, I put that one in just for you. Sean is, Sean is now a top 30 pitcher, though, but go ahead. I just wanted to throw that out there. Go. Uh, all right, so um, Altuve, slumping Altuve, and Bregman for Benintendi and Lindor. Ooh, that's an interesting trade. Altuve yeah, and Bregman. Um, I'm taking Lindor and and Ben Tendi. That's a that's a really interesting offer. Lindor is so good. <laughs> yeah, he's so Altuve's good. better. He of course he's better, but okay. Ben, and Bregman and Ben Tendi are like the same guy. Yeah, that's, except that's Ben Tendi's got third base and shortstop. See, I think. Benatendi has a higher. Bre- Bregman is okay. as third base and shorts up. Yes, sorry. Okay. Uh, the, I think this one's a no-brainer. Belt and Ch- uh, Brandon Belt and Chase Anderson for Benintendi. Duh! Whoever made that's an idiot. Benintendi. Benintendi. Yeah. All right. And Cano and Adam Jones for Benintendi and Whit Merrifield. <laughs> Cano and Adam Jones. Benintendi. Of course, you want friggin' Benintendi. Yeah, Benintendi. All right, cool. All right, David Price. Um, this is made worse by the news that broke today that Price was scratched. Um, he's DL'd and had numbness in his hand. Yikes. Um, I'll, I'll kick off this one. The, the K rate is down. The walk rate's up. Strand rate um, is at an entirely unsustainable 61%. Um, so that's going to get better. Swing strike rate is down from 11% to 8%, but the contact gains are all outside the zone. So I think there's some regression coming there. The fastball velo is down year over year, but that's expected after he spent a significant portion of 2017 in the pen um, and got the uh, associated velo boost from that. To me, before the injury, um, he was sort of – and if he buy low, um, where you know I would be interested at a steep discount with the injury, I think I'm completely out. Yeah, I mean, where you hear uh, tingling and numbness in the hand, death. That really is not good. And right now he is uh, the honeymoon phase is not looking very good, unfortunately. And I was high on David Price preseason. Yeah, but I was high is, too. Yeah, we this all is were. This, this is the second time we're hearing about this. And when you hear about numbness in the hand, what does that ultimately usually lead to? Good well, it's thing. normally a nerve issue, which is not – it just is not a good sign. It's not it's, good. It's not good it's at not all. It's not a good sign. It's not all a right. good sign. All, all right. right. Go ahead. So if you – if you have price and someone's like, I'll give you Kingham, you taking that and running? No. No. Price no. for Kingham. That's just more I think you could get a little a, a little I bit better. I think I can do him. better. Okay. Yeah. Um like like Pavetta 
is a name that I think the line starts to look a little. I, I would probably trade Price for Pavetta. Okay. So like top 40, 45-ish, 50. Yeah. Right, Pivet is probably like top 50-ish. Yeah, and you know maybe, what? Price maybe is, even a little pr- higher than that. Price is a good name to package like because as a sweetener, I mean, it's a pretty nice name to throw into a deal. Yeah, let me give you another one. So Price and Rendon for Aranola. That's good. Uh, th- uh, that is completely based on team makeup. Because if it was just Rendon for Nola, that's an offer in itself. That's pretty fair. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, you know, I so, think I want the Nola side. Uh, vacuum. I'm probably taking the uh, the Nola side. All right. What about Price, Neris, and Newcomb? This is like Nick. You're you you boys. Yeah. So Price, Neris, Newcomb for Charlie Morton, Josh Hader, and Familia. Morton Hader. That's not even close. I think I'm taking the hater side. Wow, you're even yeah, thinking I'm, about I'm that? Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the hater side. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Right, that's all I got, Pat. Okay. Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo. Nick, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so, all right. <clears throat> Castillo, I am actively trying to get him every day, every breath of my lungs. I'm trying to acquire Luis Castillo. But, I, listen, I do see the warning signs. The velo is down. Uh, the fastball is down two miles per hour. Everything else is down. Um, but the kid has such good stuff. He's so filthy when he's on that it's still worth the buy low. So, like, right now he's only 60-something percent owned in Yahoo, which is crazy. Like, I did not think at any point this year, no matter, like, no matter how bad he slumps, would he be under 70% owned after watching him last year and see, seeing how – insanely lights out he was but it's been so bad this year up and down uh, that that's what just that's just what happened uh, tonight he looked good against the Mets but the Mets I mean everyone looks good against the Mets right now um, but he's looked good tonight and I believe his last start was pretty decent as well I'm willing to buy I'm not exactly sure why the velo was down um, maybe you guys could have more insight into that uh, at first I was kind of blaming on the cold weather but now we're in the middle of May so there's no more excuses, really. The velo is just down. Um, but even if he maintains a, you know, last year he was throwing 100 mile per hour fastballs. I think he was his average was like 98. Even if he maintains a 95 mile per hour fastball, 96 I think is where he's at at the moment. Like he's still going to be good because his breaking stuff is so good, and he, his off speed is great, and he's 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 got good command. Um, so I'm buying low on him purely based on upside. And I, I, right at the moment, I'm offering some pretty generous deals for him. Like the deals that you're going to throw out, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm all over it. I, I, I love the kid. I think he's going to get it together at some point. Can you give us some of those deals? No. You're in the league with me. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> you're the worst. All right. I mean, you know. The stuff, the case, the grounders looked great coming into the year. It looked like the total package. Um, he's been bad, but he's been better over his last two starts. 
Um, the velocity has come back up. It's close to 97. Oh, it is back up. Still, but it's still oh, a little, little bit, low yeah. Where it was. Um, his relief points. Uh, his his release points were both off um, in terms of vertical and horizontal. Um, I don't know whether that was due to a mechanical issue or a hidden injury or both um, because there's inconsistency compared to last year. Um, there were reports before his last start that he was working on his release point, so maybe it was strictly mechanical and he started to fix, fix it. Uh, he also had an issue early in the – year not just with his velocity but also with his command um he was grooving pitches and has since corrected that problem he's a risky buy especially with the bounce back now inflating his value a little bit but i still think he's a good buy candidate yeah i i agree with you both i think he's a good buy candidate um and i think the uh the price on him aside from in our league, apparently, it's pretty pretty low. Um, Good. Yeah, so one of them's Luis Gohara for Castillo. That's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah, that's um, uh, Jorge Soler for Castillo. I think that's a no-brainer. No-brainer. No uh, Travis Shaw for Castillo. That's, that's close. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Mm, no, I like Travis Shaw. I will Give me Castillo. Then. What about uh, trying to sell high on Sean Manaya? Yes, I'm taking Castillo over Manaya. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a gutsy trade, but it's one I would make. Yeah, I would make that trade too. And then um, Familia and Malik Smith for Castillo. Yes. Yeah. Give me Castillo. Yeah. Right. So in general, people are pretty low on Castillo. Sorry, Nick. No, he's. I told you, he's sixty something percent owned right now. Well, I meant sorry because you can't get him. Oh yeah, he. Oh well, I told you the trade that I I offered Posey for him straight up, which is friggin' generous. Yeah, yeah. Considering that he's got what Wilson Ramos. Yeah, I mean, but it's you know what's it's just weird that like people are giving up on Castillo so fast, and like Luke Weaver's pretty much been just as bad, if not worse. And he, like he's got a much higher percentage owned right now, and they kind of both have very similar sample sizes. Yeah, but you know what it is like people invested in Castillo, whereas Luke Weaver was pretty much free this year. That's not it, true. Yeah. What do you oh, mean? Oh, yeah, no. that's not true at all. Yeah, I'm They're sorry. Basically they both, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They were I was basically thinking of Flaherty, both, like, Sorry. They were basically both like the same guy going into yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my bad. I was thinking of Flaherty. Yeah. All right, let's move to Sonny Gray. Joe, you want to kick us off with this one? Uh, yeah. Um, Miss me with Sonny Gray. Um, he's walking the world. Um, he hasn't looked particularly good, although no, his last he looked good lately. His last start was all right. It wasn't even like excellent. Yeah. Which start against the Astros? No, against Cleveland. Yeah, but did you, what about his star versus the Astros? Yeah, he was he was good, but still, I mean, dude, a five point seven three walks per nine. Even last year, it was above three. Um, I I mean, the ground ball rate's down. The strand rate is pretty much minuscule at this point. I mean, you can argue that he's just bad with runners on, 
Um, I mean, he's, he's got a career 71.9% strand rate. Um, I, uh, I'm not interested in buying on, in Sonny Gray at all. Uh, yeah, so I am definitely interested in buying Sonny Gray. Of course. Um, why? Because I'm a Yankee fan? Yeah. I said it. If you, well, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I listen, I said it last time. I really am not Yankee biased on this show, even though I am a Yankee fan. Um, like, I mean, you said you like Torres. You said you like Gray. You said you like Domingo Herman. Domingo Herman. I mean, who else is there? Is CC? Well, I don't like. I don't like uh, Brandon Drury. He's <laughs> not even alive. I don't like uh, Greg Bird anymore. All right, tell um, me why Sonny Gray is good. All right. So first of all, the numbers are not that far off from last year. Besides the walks, I mean, yeah, you said the ground ball rate is down, but it's down like what five percent? That's going to come back up. Uh, another thing is look at his career numbers in March, April, and May, uh, especially May. I think May is on his career the worst month. He's got like a four ten uh, ish uh, ERA in his career in, in March and May, um, and he's got and he's really good in the summer months, June, July, and August. Um, I expect Gray to break out very soon. The Yankees have been very, very, very good with pitching all around. Uh, over the last couple of years. Um, so, and with Jordan Montgomery on the shelf, uh, the leash is a lot longer. And we need Gray to friggin' break out because uh, we don't really have a solid number three. And he was supposed to be that guy this year. So, uh, hopefully, it happens soon. As a Yankee fan, I'd like to see him start playing better. The last two starts, he has looked a lot better. Uh, uh, definitely the Astro start, I think, was. I think that was his best start of the year, honestly. Um, but yeah, I think the I think the walk rate's going to come down a lot. Obviously, uh, over five is nowhere near his career numbers. He'll that'll come down to a, sit around three, and the K rate is in line with his career numbers. And I don't know. I just I, he's such a good buy low right now. I'm, I'm not sure how you don't you're not buying into gray right now, Joe. It's odd to me. Because he's walking five guys per nine. Do you think? Do you think that that's going to continue? Like, are I, you buying that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I do <laughs> know it's going to come down, and it's and he's walking a lot less guys lately. Yeah, but it's not even just the control. I mean, I think the command is also a problem. He's not generating the grounders at his normal clip. Um, it's five percent. Yeah, but five percent is five percent. I know, but it's five percent, and it, it, like I said, these are in his career. These are his two worst months. He's yeah, also that means, allowing that means nothing to me. He's also allowing that means nothing to you. Yeah, that like May he just happens to be bad. Oh well, then you, Joe, do you not pay attention to guys who always start off so there are guys who always start off slow every single year yeah but it's not like his april is slow his may is slow all right whatever so Pat, go <laughs> yeah, it's just a random month he's also he's also allowed he's also allowing the highest rate of hard contact that he's allowed in his career at 36 percent um and this is his first full season in yankee stadium in the al east so I don't know. I'm passing. I, I think that there are a lot of red flags here. 
Um, I am not a fan. Pat, he's your son, and you love him. I did like him last year, and he was very good last year. But I don't know. Control, command, hard contact, Yankee Stadium, these are all bad things. All right. Gray or Calvin Herrera? Calvin, I'll take the saves. Yeah, I'll take the saves. What, Nick? <laughs> Gray or Tyson Ross? Gray. Tyson. Ooh, uh, give me the upside, Tyson Ross. Uh, Gray or Ender? Ender. Give me the steals. Yeah, Ender. Bellinger or Gray and E5? Give me Bellinger. Because I think I can find a pitcher I like better than Sonny Gray on the wire. Yeah, I'm probably taking... I don't know. That's really hard. And you better say Gray or, or you're, you don't, you're not really that high on Gray either. I'm buying Gray, but you're throwing out like all my favorite players right now, you <laughs> bastard. E5, Ender. I mean, come on. I'm definitely taking Bellinger in that trade. All right, that's all I got. All right, last guy, Jeff Samarja, and I'll kick this one off. So the good, the velocity came back last night. He was up over 94, which is in line with last year. The bad, he was no more effective, and the control and command are both works in progress. Um, the appeal going into the year with Samarja was he, him basically being the NL Tanaka. Uh, he gave up bombs, but he limited base runners, didn't walk anybody, and gave you a ton of innings. Um, this year, he's still giving up the bombs, but he's not limiting base runners. He's walking the world and has already been hurt. I, I also think that this is a hard pass. Yes. Um, what? Yeah, hard pass. He's walking the world. Yeah. And, and he's hurt. Well, he was hurt. we've seen it from Samarja before, you know? We've seen the really good season followed by the really bad season. The thing is, though, um, is that even when he's been really bad, he's never been walking guys. Now he's walking guys. So it's, like, still, it, it's still small sample, and he is working his way back from injury. So That's true. The other thing is, you know what? It's questionable if, like, the Giants rushed him back because their pitching was in such bad shape and they have had, had like, no one at all. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm buying for the right price. So what, is, what are some of the deals you have? All right. Oh, this is – yo, this is this is a good one, Nick. So Tanner Roark for Samarja and Jose Martinez. What? Give me the Jose no. Martinez yeah. side. Give me the Jose Martinez side. Oh, yeah, me too. But those are all your boys. Yeah. Um, Lomo and Samarja for smoke. Smoke. Uh, smoke, probably. Yeah, give me smoke. Smoke. Erod or Samarja? Erod. 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 Kepler or Samarja? Max Kepler. I like Kepler. Kepler. Yeah, I like Kepler too. I always liked Kepler. Yeah, Kepler too. I think Kepler might be breaking out. Yeah, I think so. Garrett yeah, but Richard. Didn't we, like think that every year that he's ever been in the league. Yes. At some point. It's true. I've always liked yeah. Max Kepler. Yeah. Garrett Richards or Samarja. Richards. Richards. 
Richard. So yeah, there's your there's your deals, Nick. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Patrick FWO. Guys, let them know where they can find you. You can find me at Nick FWO, never tweeting. And Joe FWO, typically only <laughs> tweeting about the Astros. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so just much just for listening. Pat. What? Yeah, just follow just me. Just follow Pat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back next week. See you later. Bye, Felicia. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.